0: Gone are the taboo days of pot. As cannabis becomes increasingly celebrated, understood, and legal, it's still a long way from eradicating the stigmas created from years of misinformation. We're investigating facts, cutting through fiction, exploring medical solutions, and sharing the stories of the people making it all possible on the Cultured Cannabis Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Cultured Cannabis Podcast. Today I'm joined by Chef Manny Mendoza. Manny, thank you for being here, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. You're one of the first, if not the only, um, you know, cannabis-infused dinners I'd ever been to. That's how we actually met. I went to an Herbal Notes event back in November 2018. Southside of Chicago was legit one of the most, if not the most memorable, (laughs) dining experience of my entire life. So I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. How did
1: you get into it all? How I got into cooking with cannabis? I mean, I'm... Uh, lifelong product of the the industry as the culture. Um, I've been cooking my whole life uh, since I was really in like middle school so from there I've been I continued to cook and once I discovered cannabis um, the two just became two very big factors in my life and helped mold how I view the world and how I feel about the world and what I want to what kind of experiences I want to continue to pursue. Um, And uh, I'm very glad I chose and stuck with it because it's, uh, it's brought about a lot of beautiful experiences and meeting amazing people and being able to give experiences to other people and just share those. So yeah, I started cooking high school. And, uh, from there I went to Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. It's one of the world's best culinary schools. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. It was super big and it, uh, it allowed me to meet other people from around the world who also enjoyed food and cannabis like I did. So now at the time that you were doing that, was it actually cannabis
0: found in food or were the two very separate, um, you know, uh, things at the time, was it something that you were cooking you might be smoking but not necessarily putting the cannabis in the food
1: yeah I wasn't experimenting with edibles too much but I did find out about it and I tried other people's weed brownies for the first time and and I wasn't really impressed I didn't take that didn't taste that great yeah um, it was just a you know a college thing yeah that I think everybody goes through but I also did kind of just it painted a picture in my mind because I already had a certain type of experience that I wanted Um, to have and that was not necessarily fine dining but that's kind of what I was training for. I I was being trained for that so. Classically. Right and I but I wanted I didn't want an experience that was as pretentious as some of them or most of them. I wanted something that felt elevated something that felt real but also had a high standard to it and also had like a high level of like professionalism and you know, taste. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to pursue, um, but I also wanted. I, I started thinking about how I can put cannabis with that experience, um, because it was such a common, or it, it's cannabis is something that brings people together. Um, it's a common denominator. Yeah. So I've once I started realizing, even though it was illegal then and very much high stigma, um, I knew that this was going to be something that everybody was going to lean into and start to cross over into because so m- there at the time there's so many closet cannabis or can- closet stoners basically yeah. and they weren't ready to like let the world know but i knew that that day was going to change and i knew that eventually it's just going to be everywhere and everybody's going to finally embrace it but i wanted to be a mediator for an experience that can have the food side of it with the high taste high standard of uh, professionalism, and then also bring in the cannabis, but also con- like ha- turning people into a conscious consumer of it, um, so that it's not like a cannabis event with no purpose. I wanted people to understand the plant better and the medicinal side of things better, and our social responsibility to being conscious consumers in the cannabis space so that we can make decisions collectively in a way that promotes and, um, and advances restorative justice around that. Because we know that historically what's been happening t- uh, because of the prohibition of cannabis and why it was prohibited and who it hurt and who it affected and genera- generationally what we're still dealing with because of those things. So it became a very fundamental part of our mission, <clears throat> excuse me, a uh, fun- very fundamental part of our mission to have that embedded in our dinner parties and our events and everything that we do and everything that we talk about and every person that we interact with. It's, yeah, this is all fun, this is great, the music's great, the food's great, but we want you to understand why we're doing this. And that's to promote this conversation so that we can advance cannabis in a way that promotes real change and equity and restoration and atonement for at least a century but even beyond that, of very bad things that have done, that have been done, and we need to just make a conscious effort as an industry, if it's gonna be legal now, as an industry, to back that. Absolutely, no, Not I mean, you're right, and we have, obviously, uh, Latino
0: roots, and, and one of those things is the way that um, it was weaponized to against Mexicans, right? And that's really at the core of w- how this all became uh, illegal and everything else. So when you start understanding that that um it was it was it was weaponized. I mean, that's the only way to say it that behind it all though, which is the unfortunate consequence of it is and I think everything that you're on a mission to do is the awareness of the benefits to it, right? What was it for you that beyond I mean, we can sit here and obviously smoking it and, and enjoying it and, and understanding it the, the benefits to ourselves. How can you translate that into something that people listening can say you know, I never, I never thought about cannabis like this for myself. I mean, you hear it for cancer patients and always this extreme. But for the everyday user who doesn't have those type of ailments, what drew you to the plant to begin
1: with? The from a young age, the camaraderie to it and the fact that it brought me and my friends together, at least my first group of friends in high school. <coughs> excuse me. Um, it brought us together in that way, and you know, that in a, in a part of where we grew up on the south side of Chicago, um there were a lot of it I, I can't it's hard to say that it was a very positive environment like there was so much going on so much that you were witnessing from a young age that you shouldn't be witnessing and and just kind of experiencing so it was kind of hard to make real friends in those kind of environments, but when I did, it was because of cannabis and that's that brought us together and turned us into you know a, a groups of friends that didn't want to fall into, you know, that negative side of uh, our environment, you know, gangs, gun violence, all that, all that stuff. Um, You know, even mental traumas, things that people don't break out those cycles out of. Um, I realized that through that camaraderie, I was able to just, you know, find myself a little bit more and appreciate and value myself and life. And, you know, these joyful moments that I could spend with these guys and, and, you know, just understand that this plant is, is, more healing, um, because we we couldn't get therapy in the hood, you know, at that time. That's such a good point. So, though. so to be able to have cannabis and to have somebody that you can talk to um, that understands what you're going through, and understanding that this is all peace and love. So that as long as we're in this environment, then it's going to be peace and love, and it's just going to be how do we how do we just find joy when we're surrounded by. All this craziness, you know, from a young age. <clears throat>
0: That's so true, and and, and you know, even at that point, we look at ourselves so differently. Oftentimes, as you know, as individuals, we're just talking about this, right? The other and and how hearing you know someone who who or someone who may hear your story and say, "I, I don't relate to that" because I didn't grow up in that type of street violence. I, I didn't come from that sort of demographic, if you will. I grew up over here, but what's sad. Is that the the thing that connects us the most is, is usually our pain, and and usually it's those things that uh, we think of. Oh, that's not me. That's not me. But if you're a kid who's seeing violence within your home, if you're a kid who's experiencing traumatic things on a daily basis, but somewhat normalized under this, you know, this whatever it could be that you have money, it could be that you know whatever your parents are important, but somehow, some way, the trauma is still there, and and on one end here you are experiencing this almost benefit in a sense, like you're saying in the hood, you're not gonna get uh, therapy, but in a sense, you might have almost been doing yourself a better service than someone who is going to therapy right. and doesn't have access to this stuff, right? Yeah. So how do you now translate that into what you do in, in terms of educating people? Because I think it's a beautiful thing to the community. I didn't even, you know, you, you see it that way and you say, well, that, that can be because of whatever, you know, you could surround yourself around people who have common beliefs, and not need this, but it's not just that it allows you to bring down a little bit of those walls, defenses, you know see things as a little more true and, and 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 man, probably from a better perspective than you would if you're just trying to figure it out without it, right? yeah, so how does that translate for you when when now, with what you do that you bring
1: that into the awareness of the plant, the culture, both, yeah, well, I mean basically we try to foster that community and like represent. What we not just what we say, but how we do it through who we're also inviting to the table. Um, we work with tons of organizations that are grassroots, that are on the ground, that are doing work that's not necessarily cannabis, but their health and wellness and fitness and uh mental health or um expungement work for people who've you know it's not cannabis touching, but it's for people who. Obviously been incarcerated and are trying to have a, a, a new path um, and find workforce development, um, education too they, they can take classes through certain some of these organizations um, so really it's by surrounding ourselves and cultivating you know that community that is like minded and you know they're not going to turn away anything related to cannabis. they understand that it's a holistic approach to self healing so By just fostering that community, you come to an Herbal Notes event, you're going to meet all these different kinds of people. So part of it is brought up by us and, you know, in the messaging or in some of the content that we produce or or give to people, um, besides, obviously, the food and the experience, but knowing that there's other people in the room who are also like-minded and driven towards a common goal of of self-healing. So... No, I think it's so true, and and even the one thing I've come to know about
0: you that uh, it's just that you're about it. This is really your life. I mean, there's no, you know, you do this as your job and then you go home and do something else. This is just you. And, and you get to do what you love and, and be passionate about it. But also in the community that when people find find the plant, find the benefit to them, it's hard to, to not be passionate about it. Do you find that that's just how it is in the community itself? That once people, especially just now when it requires it, that that, people are a little more passionate about this than you know a lot of other
1: things in life absolutely i mean that's that's the beauty of cannabis in in that it's it transcends time and it transcends space too you go anywhere around the whole world there's pockets and communities of people who've been using cannabis and celebrating it for you know a, a majority of our of our civilization's history yeah um the plant has traveled through diasporas of people all across the world, you know voluntarily and involuntarily seeds have made their way from far east Asia all throughout Africa, every continent really yep um it's the only um, thing I'm I' can pretty, pretty sure everywhere. scientists brought you know weed with them to Antarctica because I could not imagine going there without weed um so I'm pretty sure it's made its way to every single continent. Um, <clears throat> but that's also a testament to how a part of our lives and our DNA it is embedded in our culture. Um, as humans, not, it doesn't matter what country or nationality that you ascribe to, it's all this common denominator as humans. It's part of our DNA, our endocannabinoid system. That whole part of our body that we kind of just overlook but don't realize that how much of it helps control and regulate our actual anatomy, our physiology.
0: And we know so little of it, even at this point. Like We don't even have an a, a inkling of understanding of what that whole system is. We just know that uh, it, it directly relates to pot, really. That's it's you know? Really, I mean, we know that it does something. And, yeah. And, and we could try to put a spin on it. But even as I've come to understand, the more information we get, that it's not it's just not apples to apples right that there's so many factors that play into this very intricate system that to say right. we understand it from one single standpoint is would be a disservice to the whole system and, and, and as a whole right right um but not getting too scientific into all this how did you come up with herbal notes and how did you infuse this passion for everything you know about the plant into a more um lifestyle type of really a brand company right that it, it we, we eat every day, so there's an opportunity every day that this could be a part of your your life, right? How did you uh, how did you come up with it?
1: Well, I came up with Herbal Notes uh, in 2017, and I was leaving. I was in, living in California, and I was cooking there. I did a bunch of cooking, did a bunch of work in the cannabis industry over there. Um, I grew at home, so it was already. I set out. I, I I set out to go to California with the intention that. It's going to be legalized in Chicago at some point, so I should get ahead of it. I should go to That's a smart. place where cannabis has been already embedded in the culture. So I went over there and did everything from cooking to cold press organic juice manufacturing to... Uh, Holy smoke. Went to a, I went to a farm school. Um, I really made the most of my time. I traveled all throughout the state and through throughout Mexico, through Baja California, and so I really made the most, really the whole West Coast too because once I started Herbal Notes, started traveling a lot and there was work in all these different places that were wanting to have an experience by a chef. Yeah. Um, but around cannabis. And uh, so that how, momentum how, picked up.
0: And how unique was it for you? I mean, how unique were you in the space? Was it something that when you first started, it was pretty prevalent in California already? That like It was kind yeah, so of where I,
1: it's at right now here in Chicago? So I first saw it I first got the idea that it was a possibility when uh, I was watching Bong Appetit, you know, on Vice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Vice. Yep. So they, once those people started uh, going on TV and cooking with cannabis in the same way that I like to watch good cooking shows and hear about, you know, people talk about their process with not just creating food, but where it comes from um, and the people that are a part of it. That's something that was... Just mind blowing to me when I was, you know, kind of overworking in a restaurant, even though it was was a great job. I was just back to cooking again. And I wanted to really when I knew I wanted to bridge my love and passion for cooking with cannabis and in that industry, knowing that it's going it's a budding industry. It's something that's going to be inevitable. It's going to happen and it's going to break open state by state and ultimately federally. So we still got a long way to go. Um, but I knew then I just had to make that choice because it's what I love. It's who I am. It's literally what I've, uh, I've, my life has been centered around for so long. So it's kind of, that's the part of it. That's the the joy I find in, you know, my time here on this planet is that this is what I love to bring and bring to the table and the kind of community that I want around it and really promote that it's through self, it's through healing as a community. Um, but I in California it was it was an amazing experience. So it's where I got the idea that it was something possible and mainstream. And um once I saw it, within a few months I ended up working with those people. Wow. Not, not on the show, but just manifested myself into oh now I'm cooking with Ryan Pritchard or now I'm Right. People you know, that were
0: on there on the show on right? the show yeah, yeah. i was
1: on the couch watching it right. almost like dreaming of it and then i knew this is what i have to do and then i act you know <laughs> through the hard work and through a little bit of luck i was able to i mean you, you know, showed up right yeah showed up
0: you showed up and did and ha, t- tell me about how i mean the, the legality of things right obviously I, i'm very grateful that you were courageous enough to 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 not let that to dictate really the the future of, of where this went and um but nonetheless, you're still doing something that you know has its potential risks.
1: Mm-hmm. How did Absolutely. you
0: navigate through that? I mean, well, tell me about the emotional side of things, right, that, um,
1: that I'm sure were going through your mind. Absolutely. The entire time, one of the first big pieces of press that I got was on Fox News, and it was they, they framed it as a, a technically illegal supper club is coming from California, you know, and they did this two times for like 30-second <laughs> pieces at night. Um, so it's like, they really were trying to show everybody that this is happening. This is coming in and a positive I, way though, or, well, it wasn't in a negative way either. They just framed it off the top, a technically illegal supper club, but his, uh, they said, um, the founder wants to educate, uh, his diners about, um, cannabis. And then they gave the date and they didn't, they didn't have the location. So cause you didn't give it to them. No, right? but they, and they used stock footage from something else of like mm. some, a trimmer, like cutting oh stock footage uh, not even your footage no no but of cannabis right right right. you know with gloves on and like trimmers (laughs) and this had nothing to do with me or what i was doing so i I couldn't but from that we our mailing list and you know our our just the impressions that were starting to take place and people clicking on our website uh just skyrocketed wow went up um in a real big way and caught attention from other chefs and other like other media, um, and then it kind of snowballed into like what is coming from California who we want to find out about this event. Um, uh, so when they
0: say like, uh, any press is good press, kind of thing, or yeah, even bad was, press is
1: good press, and you know, that was our first big one. I've been doing cannabis events in California before them, but uh, not as big as this one. It was, and it was, I had to go from California because I was living there, uh, to Chicago. So I imagine that flight, like, everybody knows the whole world knows. Um, Chicago knows that this is going to happen. So now me getting on a plane, kind of paranoid thinking that, uh, you know, somebody who's going to pull me aside and ask me what I'm doing. Right. But uh, that never really happened. That never happened. And every time, you know, ended up just getting easier, fortunately. And because oh, even at that time, it was decriminalized,
0: right? At some, like on some level, they it wasn't.
1: De- they decriminalized it, yeah. Like a while ago. Uh, they decriminalized it in 2014, I believe. Cause that's. Right. Oh, is that far back? Yeah. The very next year, that's when they launched the medical program. Ah,
0: uh, gotcha, gotcha. That's, yeah. I mean, still, nonetheless, everything you were doing, you're definitely a pioneer. What was the community like here at the time when you when you launched that because obviously you see it now it's legal yeah. everyone's talking
1: about it. i mean you know it is what it is but right back then a little more underground still yeah i would say sketchy because it was really hard to find out who the community really is like what who are the people that really want to make cannabis become uh, a beautiful culture instead of one that's kind of fragmented and you got different not only would, didn't people not really even want to say that they were smoking cannabis but those that did kind of you know live their lives revolving around it they weren't thinking of like a community they were kind of isolated everybody was in these little tribes of of a cannabis community and some of them were dangerous and some Damn. of them and some of them were um just kind of very commercial and not 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 something based in reality something just based in the uh, the chasing the dollar cha- yeah or chasing a high or chasing mm-hmm. uh um you know vanity looking cool you know it's For sure. it's not something that was real it's just superficial um so that's kind of what it was like but trust me there was still a real culture they were just very small and narrow they had a narrow lane they're always looking over their shoulder but they love the plant. They love everything about Stoner culture, um, and and they really just appreciated it and wanted it to change things. They wanted there to it to be normalized, but also be used as a tool to like advance change, so people weren't getting arrested and pulled over and sent to jail for, you know, almost a decade for the very smallest no. amount of, or even not even cannabis. I've been arrested too before. Uh For paraphernalia, which was, you know, a fancy word, but it was literally a, a grinder with no weed in it. Um Wow. And you could imagine how that would just devastate our youth. Imagine like high school students that were getting busted for the smallest things and not yep. changing the whole course of their lives for the rest of their life.
0: For something that we now find valuable. And, and commercially, and, yeah. And commercially valuable, right? Man,
1: it's... So, so what, these are the things that, while we do what we do, the point is to be like this is still very much a part of our reality. Now we're still dealing with those. Those kids that were arrested <laughs> then are still around right now, and right, they're, right, right. they're, you know, so there needs to be so some atonement yeah, for absolutely. all of what's gone. Absolutely. At. So that's that's pretty much why we do what we do, in the kind of uh, community of professionals outside of us that we bring into the room. So now we're just advancing a bigger message um, so that it becomes an industry standard and normal. Like we're doing this because this is how we want to get back and help.
0: And it will. I mean, yeah. people like you, it, 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 it just has to, it just has to. So when I met you, how I understood Herbal Notes, it was to be, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, a brand that put on these events and you come and it was an amazing experience, right? What is it now, now that it's legal, mm-hmm. But, um also, what is the vision for it? you know what as as, as that as the industry changes as, as things become a little more flexible or understood, you know what where is it at now,
1: and what direction do you want to take uh, herbal notes well, um I mean right now we're still we've really just transitioned into a real space with a real license, liquor license and <clears throat> and food license. So you guys have a physical space. We have a physical space. That's and, amazing. But really we're operating just as a restaurant and a bar that promotes, uh, we're a members only club that promotes black and browns uh, owned spirits, wines, beers, uh, try to be as local as possible um, and, and fill our space, continue our message with how we're trying to bring back reclaim, you know, different sectors of this industry that we're, we don't have no equity in, start to reclaim that into a space. So it's, it's even bigger than just cannabis. Yeah. It's like, this is I want to buy from the local farmers too, um, which, yeah, which we do. So these are all things that we just embed into our overall mission. So if we're in a space with licenses, yeah, there's no real consumption lounge right now or license for that. So we have to. Like it doesn't exist. Right? Yeah, it doesn't it exist right yeah. now. So we just have to play by the rules and just transition our model and our way of thinking. Obviously, we're all 420 uh, individually. The people who know no, about course, Herbal Notes are, you know, you're going to personally be 420, but it's legal now. So you can have it on you. You can have it wherever you go, basically. Um, you just can't consume it everywhere. But we just try to operate in a way where we do. Um, Pop ups or events or collaborations with other brands um, to keep advancing you know our message without you know um, without jeopardizing what we have. and we have something of value right now. We have a, a great space and um and that's basically where where we're at right now. But we're about to transition. <laughs> you know things <laughs> yeah. are evolving so fast, so it's kind of why it's like racing in my head, so to speak, because um, what I've been working for for so long is starting to like come into fruition in terms probably. of opportunity, like a tree. Yeah, yeah, blossom like a tree. Like I go this way, I go this right, way. Right, right, How right. do I put them all together in a way that makes sense and stay true to you know what I what I believe in and, and why I'm I'm doing this for? So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm only excited. You know, it's That's it's, amazing. it's constant. It's you know, I have gratitude and just I'm feel blessed. So. I want to um, continue to just be intentional with how I want to move forward with my overall mission, like the whole thing, not just the two steps ahead, you know, um, because I can take part of the legal industry and have my own line of edibles. Um, And then I could also be involved in every other type of license that is available and be vertically integrated and then have partners that. Have multiple licenses in multiple states, yeah. so now it's like we're like roots just spread around the, around the whole country, if not globe, um, especially countries that are starting to decriminalize and legalize, mm-hmm. like Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm only excited by being a part of it, and that's why I try to uh, do it with intention. Because there's as fun as it's going to be, and and how amazing and fruitful it's going to be. Um, there's still a lot of things that need to be done, you know, to to make up for, uh, you know, the
0: groundwork has to be laid. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. No. And it is exciting. And and since I've known you, man, just how much has changed and to see you grow in the industry has been a treat to me uh, as your friend as well. Thank but you. you know, I'm I'm excited for all those things. And and you're right. You know, nothing but opportunity, especially when you showed up. When you showed up, I mean, the the what does it say the uh, fortune favors the bold right and and you were bold and, and, there, and you did something that uh looking back that you can never undo that right you were a pioneer in that and so i'm excited for for what the future holds i'm excited for what you're doing already and kudos to you on on the spot i didn't realize that yeah, you had a physical location so you know all things all things good all around and, and i'm happy for you so with that uh, i want to thank you for coming
1: in thank you thank you appreciate you tony this is this is great. <laughs> Can't wait for the next one, man. Likewise.